I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're... The, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds! Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Hey nerds, Richard here, asking you to consider supporting this podcast. If you go to our website, anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, right there on the top of the page is a support button. Click on that and then you can select the level at which you would like to support us. You can do 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or even $9.99 a month. And as I've said before, if you agree to do $9.99 a month, Will will come to your house and give you a hug and a kiss. No, not really. Just kidding. <laughs> but you will definitely receive our gratitude. So, take a minute today to go on there and let us know that you love us. Because, you know, we're desperate for that. So, just let us know. <laughs> Thanks, nerds. Now back to our regular scheduled program. Nerds. 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 So, we're here. Will and I are on our way to the theater to see Avatar The Way of Water. Will, are you excited at all? I am all sorts of ranging emotions. <laughs> mostly because of my drug withdrawal. Yeah, yeah. So Will and I are, are we are very much millennials. We both take antidepressants, and his doctor's been giving him a hard time. So he's like, his yeah, prescription yeah, lapsed a bit. So he's he's going through drug withdrawal right now. <laughs> Thankfully, he doesn't have the shakes. You know, he um, he's driving okay. <laughs> I had parent or something the other night. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is that? My whole body was tingling. <laughs> oh, fun. I had that. I had that a week ago too. Although it was because I had a virus and I had the chills. Ouch! I don't know if you call it the tingles though. Yeah, man. When I get sick, I get sick. Like my body is like, I'm gonna beat you up. Like usually though, I kick kick a virus within 48 hours, but those 48 hours are, are very fun, and I mean that sarcastically. <laughs> yes, Avatar. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Apologies for the road noise, a little noisy, uh, so hopefully this will turn out okay, but hey, that's kind of par for the course, like when we do a lot of these movies, we're either, we're like, you're here with us, man, like you're out in the parking lot with us after the movie, or now you're in the car with us on the way to the movie, that's that's the way we do things here at the River Nerds. That's you're, right. You get to come along with us. Now, fancy podcasts will just add in some background ambiance, but not us, we give you the real deal. That's right, man, <laughs> we give you the real thing. Real sounds. <laughs> All right, so Avatar. So I, I am definitely excited. I've been waiting 13 years for this, <laughs> and um, like when it, after the first one, I didn't necessarily think they were going to make a sequel, and I don't even know if Cameron was planning on it originally. But like when you make 2.8 billion dollars on a film, I guarantee you that the studio is going to be like, hey, 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 make another one. Uh, but knowing Cameron, you know, he, he likes to take like a decade on each of his films, at least nowadays. It was like 12 years between Titanic and Avatar. And yeah, 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 we're, that's our directions. 
yeah, like an idiot, I, I accidentally bought tickets in a different city. Um, I meant to buy them in our city, and I bought them in a different city. So we're having a we're having a little road trip. <laughs> I, I personally wondered if you did that on purpose or not. <laughs> I did not, but I mean, this is kind of this is kind of fun, right? We get a little mini road yeah. trip, you know. Get to hang out a little longer before and after. Um, I don't mind that. But we are we're getting ready to see this in GPX 3D. So it's real D 3D and on a GPX screen. So supposedly the the sound system's really good. And the screen is extra wide, like it goes from wall to wall. Never been to this particular theater before, so I'm I'm excited about a new theater experience. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not doing IMAX 3D. We're doing GPX 3D. So we'll let you know we'll let you know afterwards uh, how it compares um, to IMAX 3D. It should be great. And I was thinking about it earlier today, like I actually saw the first Avatar. Um, I saw it in real D3D first before I saw it in IMAX 3D. So this will kind of be reminiscent of how I saw the first one. Which actually, it looked great in real D3D. Like you don't get quite the full screen experience, but real D3D actually works really well. Especially if it's a movie that's designed for 3D like Avatar is. So I'm expecting it to be pretty cool. Um, Chili. Yeah. Chili. So... So what are your anticipatory thoughts for this film? Well, what, what do you expect out of Avatar? The blue people are back. <laughs> what is the way of water? <laughs> water, it has a way. I've been anticipating this film for maybe three months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, Will, Will was not as, as uh, enamored with the first one as I was. I like the bird. Why are we going so slow? Uh, I don't know. We're stuck behind somebody who's slow, I guess. Speed up! But jokes aside, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, it wasn't as impactful in my life as it was on Richard, but uh, uh, I remember the day very well. I remember hiding a drink in my hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I do. So, so I if you if you were in, whoa, whoa, whoa. and I saw it again, and oh, it was traffic. If you were in uh, if you were in Winston Salem and you saw the film, and there was this creepy guy in a hoodie over in the corner. We didn't go to Winston. <laughs> okay, you didn't go to Winston. That was the road trip day too. Oh yeah, you went to Greensboro. Yeah. No, no, we saw Avatar in uh, Concord. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, with the the old IMAX. I did too. Later. Later, we saw it at the same day. Did we? My first time was your later. Oh, so we actually, that's right, I think I remember that, like, because we, we, like, accidentally, wait, did you come with me? Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. And there was a third person there, and we had a good time. Tells you how well I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, so we saw it in MX 3D together, cool. Yeah. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, I should, so. I shouldn't have been so harsh on the film the first time. It was just the end thing to make fun of it because they were blue like Smurfs at the time. <laughs> Big old Smurfs. Yeah, I think what I disliked about it the first time remained true on the most recent rewatch. Like, and we talked about this in our previous podcast, but yeah. um, I was a little disappointed, honestly, when I heard that uh, Colonel Miles is going to be the villain for the next three movies. What? I'm like. Cameron, come on, man. Use some imagination. 
I'm sure there'll be some other people involved, but like supposedly he's going to be the villain, um, at least for this one. And I heard probably the next the next two I after this. I thought so too. Dude got shot with poison-tipped arrows. And he's just not that interesting. I yeah, mean, so it makes sense that he would come back, but at the same time... He's fun. I, I have to admit, I certainly enjoyed him better than Giovanna Ribisi's character, like the corporate corporate nerd, you know, like or the corporate lackey, I guess, to be a better term. He doesn't deserve the term nerd. He's not a nerd. He's a, a nerd would understand and love science. And, uh... What was it? I don't remember his... It was the Wall Street... Yeah. Alright, so split off this way. So we are we are seeing this film in Greensboro, NC, instead of Winston Salem. Uh, like I said, my fault. <laughs> no, I was just looking down through and I just saw GPX 3D and I was like, that sounds cool, let's try that. And I didn't see the small print where it said, in Greensboro. Oops. So one of the things that I would have been a lot more impressed about had I known going into the theater 10 years ago for the first film is that, and I did not get to talk about this, there was a lot of trivia we didn't get to talk about on our last podcast when we reviewed the first Avatar film. Yeah. But, uh... Do share it, my friend. There is no jungle. All the jungle is CGI, apparently. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's entirely CGI. And that is impressive. Oh, man, yeah. And if I were to make a movie, I would be like, why? <laughs> when I can just film in a jungle. <laughs> I guess but I just wanted still, to see if they could very, do it. See if yeah, they could do it, I guess. That's very impressive. I heard that uh, Cameron, right? Yeah, James Cameron. Okay, I heard that James Cameron had the actors and actresses hike. Not, not overnight, just during the day through tropical jungles of Hawaii, rainforest, whatever they have out there, to get them in the right mindset of how they would act and feel when they're on stage, you know, on the giant blue screen stage, since there was no real forest. Well, that, that's the reason right there, because they, they were doing such complex motion capture yeah. that they had to have control over the environment. Oh. So it would have been a lot harder to do it outdoors. Like, um, I'm sure Peter Jackson could tell you because they, they um, although well known with Peter Jackson, like they they recorded outdoors for a lot of it with Andy Serkis in a big white wetsuit <laughs> looking huh. like looking like a dead fish. Huh. Um, but yeah, they recorded that, but then then he also then he had to re-record the same scenes on a on a stage later with motion capture. Um, whereas James Cameron, I'm sure he learned from that, and obviously Weta Weta Digital was heavily involved in Avatar, so they're probably like, hey, this was really hard. Let's do it all on a stage. <laughs> um, which I imagine they did something similar probably for Way of Water, and and uh, I've seen a, a couple clips of um, some of the behind the scenes. And, uh, and yeah, so th this one is, like we talked about uh, before, it's like motion capture underwater. So the first film that's ever used motion capture underwater. Obviously, it's in a tank in a controlled, yeah. controlled environment, but that's still pretty darn cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing how awesome that looks in 3D. Um, knowing James Cameron and 
given the fact that he's spent 13 years making this better be damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it will. I think it will. Um, Has he spent the last 13 years making this? No, not literally. But oh, okay. It's been in development, you know, for the better part of a decade, and then probably the actual production started two or three years ago. He refused to do the sequel until the technology existed. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's that's probably true. Like, he wanted to develop the technology first, yeah, and uh, make sure that it could be up to his standards. Which, again, I mean, the dude, on it, from a technical standpoint, the dude has has rocked it repeatedly since. He's an artiste. Yeah, he's just gotten better and better on that standpoint. Like, you know, going all the way back to Terminator, his first film on a very low budget considering what he accomplished there. Alright, we're taking the next exits. Yeah, so anyway guys, we're going to follow our directions here to the theater, so we just wanted to give you a little intro, and then we'll give you an outro uh, on the way out. So we'll see you in, or, it's typical. Uh, so to speak, we'll see you in about three and a half hours. <laughs> Peace. Alright, nerds, we're back. Nerds. So we are on our way home now from the theater, having just experienced Avatar Way of Water. Colorful nerds, boxes, on rope. I'm confused. I'm sorry, I just wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, we saw Candy aside, we saw Avatar. <laughs> we saw the big blue Smurfs in action once again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, uh,. Maybe slightly better villain. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, so this is all already all over the internet. But <clears throat> in case you've tried to not spoil yourself at all, here's a spoiler about the villain. I mean, most people already knew it was uh, Colonel Miles Quaritch. I didn't know. <laughs> well, that's been that was announced a long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, which was, I think, probably I never even thought about the fact that. Well, that doesn't make sense because he's dead. Uh, but they they obviously deal with that very quickly, and uh, turns out as a contingency plan, they used his DNA, which includes his his memories, to um, create a clone of them, basically in a not V body. And uh, you know, pretty early on in the film, that clone arrives with along with new contingencies of uh, the Sky People. So this time around, Colonel Miles is in uh, Navi body, along with some of his other soldiers um, that we saw in the first Avatar. So they have also been resurrected, in a sense, in the hybrid Navi bodies. So, uh, first impression, also I'll share mine, like, I loved it. James Cameron has indeed topped himself. Oh, as yeah. he's, you know, this is a very worthy sequel. I mean, just it's and it's every bit the experience and more uh, that the first one was. So, and the underwater obviously is, is really what does that at the end of the day. They they don't spend a lot of time in the forest. You know, you begin there like pretty early on in the film. You get introduced to Jake Sully's family. You know, and he's got several kids, including one adopted, who was more or less an immaculate, immaculately concept, conceived, um, at least that's the, the implication that, uh. <laughs> in, um, Scorning Weaver's character, 
Uh, I want to call her Ripley right now, but that's not right. Dang it. Uh, Grace. So, Grace is not V-Body. Very, very Apparently, Grace. was impregnated by Awa, and her her child is then adopted by, by Jake and Nitiri, and is being raised by them. So, we get, you know, kind of montages where we see their kids growing up and see them teaching their kids and, and their life, and their, they live up in the Hallelujah Mountains now, up in the Floating Mountains. Basically, the Holy Family. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, this, so my first impression is that I really loved it. Like I said, I think it, it builds on the first one and, and exceeds it in obviously in technical expertise and beauty, um, but not so much that it, it's unrecognizable. You know, they, they st- stick to the, the film language of the world and, uh, well acted once again. Um, I thought the plot was pretty solid. Um, so like we're giving it out of five nerd hats. I think I would give this 4.75 nerd hats. <laughs> How about you, Will? I'm not going to chop my nerd hats up. Those nerd hats cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut off part of the, the bill. Okay. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I was tempted to give it a five. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm being slightly conservative um, just because, you know, you know, you have that first, you first come out of the theater thrill kind of thing. You always rate it a little higher. Or, or lower, depending on how bad a film <laughs> I guess that's where I'm at right now. I mean, uh, I've been a lot more hyped up, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I think it, it's really cool. I mean, the first the first film did this as well. Like, it really, by taking you to a, a fictional planet, a new planet, it really, in a, in a really cool way, it, it gets you in touch with makes you want to get in touch with your own planet more, you know, because you're experiencing this new world as if you were a child, in a sense, growing up on a new planet. You're experiencing it with Jake, obviously, for the first time in the, in the first film. And in this one, you, you have some of, they recapture some of that, because Jake and his family have to flee to to the outer islands, where the uh, the water people, the Matakai, um, take them in. They're seeking refuge from the sky people. Uh, oh well, yeah, you know your way. <laughs> so yeah, this is my turn. No, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, personally, like, love the love the messages in it as well. Um, but really in so many ways by transporting you into that world it just gives you an appreciation for for nature and um makes you appreciate it i love in particular what they did with the um i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this word i'll go look it up later but the basically the um the creatures that are analogous to whales the the, ah should have written some of this down (laughs) no it's close i'm just parroting it but yeah, the, essentially the, the whale analogs, you know, because you have characters from each that are kind of analogous to stuff on Earth, and then you have the whales here, and uh, you really get to know them, like you get a feel for their intelligence, and the Navi can actually communicate with them, um, which we humans are, are getting closer and closer to that. I actually watched a documentary not too long ago 
about some scientists who are who are working on developing a, a, a an ability to communicate with whales. Cool. Learning their language and um, actually starting to, in very basic ways, communicate with whales. Cool. Which is really cool. Um, yeah, here it's like it's more of it's evolved naturally. It's like an adaptation. You, know, you have the the people that live out in the ocean. They have like kind of like flippers on the sides of their feet and arms. They they've lived in around the ocean for so long that they adapted. So it's like it's, it's pretty cool. What do you think of the villains this time around? Well, I think I like the villains more. I mean. It, Sorry, I'm a little distracted with my driving. Anyway, yeah, 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 the villains, the villains, the villains. Well, uh, we ha we got a whole lot less... Uh, I feel like we got less time with the humans uh, this time around. Um, but what little we did find out, you know, it was a very big uh, motivation for them to return. Um, interested to see how that pans out in future films. But uh, the villains, um, I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like they had their own mission apart from what they were actually resurrected, air quotes, resurrected for, but a uh, very personal uh, motivation for the actual villain. Um, and where, where we leave off, not to give any spoilers, where we leave off, uh, uh, leaves, uh, our said villain to have even more personal, even more personal vendetta against our hero characters. I think it's a little bit more complex this time. Yeah, because they, they humanize the main villain, like, yeah. turns out, like, I don't, I don't know who he, who he was, uh, getting it on with. In the last film, but apparently he had a kid that got left behind. Race. She was getting it all with everybody uh, out yeah. in the woods. <laughs> no, kidding. Um, apparently he had, he had a kid with someone, you know. And obviously this is you know retrofitted. You know, I don't think they intended for him to have a kid when they were making the first film. But it, it has a really interesting element uh, to this to this movie. So like his kid was too young to be sent back to Earth with all the other. Um, humans at the end of the first film so he gets left behind and he, he kind of gets he gets taken care of by the scientists who remain behind but then also kind of becomes a, a he's a regular visitor to Jake Sully's family Jake and Nintiri's family and he's kind of sweet on their adopted daughter I thought I could tell that yeah yeah well that I think that's they like each other I think that becomes pretty obvious That'd be cool to see where that's going. It's like, is it like you'll have an actual human with Navi hybrid babies? I guess I don't know. There's three more or three more movies, two more movies to go. So we'll see where they go with that. But I think ultimately we're we we have to head towards uh, if they're if they're going to keep the. Uh, Humanity's motivation for sending uh, Captain, uh, Colonel, General, whatever his name is, the uh, 
Miles. Yeah, Colonel Miles. Colonel Miles. And we're going to keep the actual motivation that Earth had to send him back, then I think we're going to have to deal with a lot more uh, race relations in the future films. I mean, that reason is made clear at the beginning. Um, he's there to kill Jake Sully, basically, and take him out. So, like, his team... The, the idea... So this this is kind of interesting, like... So, um, they're trying, like... The military were sent... I don't know if they ever left fully in the first film, but they established another beachhead. And they've been trying to attack and uh, get into the Halloween Mountains. And every time they go in there... Like, AWA basically detects, there's like, they describe it as an allergic reaction, like, so the AWA detects any, any, um, any humans, basically, any aliens, more or less, uh, are detected, and then it's subsequently attacked, um, and, um, so their, their idea is that if they, they send in the, those soldier hybrids, that they won't, they'll be able to slip in under the radar, which they are able to successfully do. And they, they capture Jake and Natiri's kids, and then that starts off the conflict from there. Those kids were, were constantly at the center of conflict throughout this film. <laughs> yeah. Well, they spent quite a bit of time with the kids, which is cool. I mean, obviously, yeah. they're we're going to see them growing up over the course of the, the next two movies. And uh, they'll probably come... I mean, they were a pretty big part of this film as it yeah. was. Jake and Natiri were still important, but they almost in, in some parts of the movie definitely took a back seat to the, the story of the kids. Speaking of which, uh, I kind of feel like they used some sort of CGI and, and uh, voice manipulation to allow Sigourney Weaver to actually play Grace's daughter. Yeah, yeah, that was obvious. Uh, she, she definitely did the voice. And I think that one son was uh, actually played by the man who plays the uh, father. Oh, yeah? I think so, because... It did sound a lot like yeah. him. That's possible. I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that, that he did sound a lot like him. Definitely acted like him, which, you know, if you have a son, you would... But yeah, I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> Could be James Cameron pushing, uh, pushing again. Yeah, I don't know. With technology I mean, and stuff. Yeah, like aging down, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Sigourney Weaver definitely did the voice, like you could tell it. But yeah, like you said, whether they did enhancement or whether she's just that good. Um, there are times where it would come through, it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely Sigourney Weaver. Which again, her daughter, you would expect her daughter to sound somewhat like her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was obviously the, the actress. Um, but yeah, just... Amazing experience. Uh, we saw it in the GPX 3D, which I thought looked, looked great. Um, in some ways, it's in some ways seeing it in that instead of IMAX 3D. I mean, eventually, I'd like to see it in IMAX 3D before it leaves theaters, just to compare. I imagine they'll keep it in IMAX for a while, probably. Um, I mean, the biggest test will be like, is it making more money than anything else? And if it is, they'll probably keep it in there. Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to have a lot of return viewers because, like, it's just it's the kind of experience you want to, would love to see every time you go to the theater, but, you know, it's not possible. <laughs> it costs too much money. 
to make movies like that, but yeah, it's just... Well, I know I'll be seeing it again, uh, if not in theaters, on Disney Plus, whenever that becomes an option, because I, uh, I had to get up a couple of times and go check my phone, uh, so... Yeah, you missed some bits and pieces there. Yeah, I sure did. No, it's it's worth it's worth watching twice for sure. I know when the first one came out, I saw it I think four times that summer. Um, was it summer? No, it came out in December. But yeah, I saw it four times during its run. Um, Cause it was in theaters for a while. I want to say like five six months or something. And it was kind of a one of those sleeper hits where it didn't have a big opening necessarily like compared to other blockbuster films, but it just steadily was earning like 20 30 million every week. You know, and it eventually got up to. Like, 2.8 billion. Contrast that with like Endgame, Avengers Endgame, there's so much build up to that. Like it earned a, like a ton of money in the first month and then tapered off. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I suspect this Avatar will be similar where it will sustain, you know, because like I can't think of anything that's gonna outdo it anytime soon. I mean, that like Ant Man is coming out. I'm trying to remember when. This will probably still be in theaters when Ant Man comes out. So that might get up to number one spot that week. But, uh, but yeah. Are you sure it's Ant Man? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is it, the Quantum Verse or whatever? Yeah, well, I'm. Ant Man and the Wasp, technically. I, the Wasp. I do enjoy Ant Man, but uh, I am joking. But I still don't see Ant Man surpassing. Uh, Avatar Way of the Water. Oh, no, not total gross. I'm thinking just... Right. It's opening weekend. It'll probably be the number one spot. Just because this is the next Marvel movie and stuff. <clears throat> but that... I think that's like February or March. Um, well, that's an entirely... I don't know about other people, but... I'm kind of getting tired on the MCU and the DCU and all that. Superheroes, I've had... It's been 10, 20 years now. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. It's been... A, superheroes have been ruling the box offices for... Since... Uh, I think really, if you go back Iron to... Man. Spider-Man, actually. Like, yeah. Spider-Man made, what, $800 million or something like that. That was the first, like, mega... Mega uh, hit for um, superhero yeah. movies. Well, I just mean that once... Uh, this is off topic from Avatar, but just once... Uh, the MCU really got rolling, and they got rolling hard. We were having superhero movies multiple times a year. Yeah. And it went from your occasional Spider-Man, X-Men, oh, great, you know, popcorn. I uh, really enjoy that, too. I'm drowning. I'm drowning in capes and tights. <laughs> but uh, Avatar is really refreshing in that it's something new and different. I think that... Uh, that it has that going for it too. Uh, yeah, and it honestly for me, like it, it made me want to do more to protect ocean life. Um, I've already started doing some things like advocating and things, but yeah, like that's one of the main messages of the film. You know, they um, the main baddies are um, get in league with whalers. It's interesting that they have whalers first I was like that's a little weird why would they send people all the way out here but then they explain it there's this this fluid inside the brain of these uh, again I can't remember the, the Navi name but um, 
the um, the whale analogs like that stops human aging. Huh? Really? Yeah. So well, that that's must have been when I got up. Just one one little fluid. I think you were there for that, but like one little vial of it. He said it was like eighty million dollars or something like that for one little vial. She's so like, that's what pays for everything now. It's no longer are they trying to get unobtainium. They're they're trying to get that. <clears throat> Okay, I'm back. So the first film, they, they kind of are speaking out against um, strip mining and just callous strip mining, and um, which does do a lot of damage, obviously, to ecosystems. And this one, it's speaking out against whaling and uh, the damage that that does. And, and I, I do think whales should be protected. Like, they, they're highly intelligent mammals, you know, and I think we should give them as many protections as we can, like, I myself have, not just because of whales, but because of other sea life, I've stopped stopped eating seafood um, close to a year ago now, I think. I think we may have had it once or twice in the last year. And um, just so much damage is done to the ocean by the by the way that we do fishing, you know, commercialized fishing. Well, I'm glad I didn't uh, suggest Long John Silver's for lunch then. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would be like, nope. <laughs> well, anyway, nerds, uh, so that's our outro, you know, our postscript, so to speak, and uh, we may record a little bit more before we get this episode ready to run. But uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy it, and uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go out and see it. If you have seen it, go see it again. Uh, <laughs> we plan to, and uh, just yeah. James Cameron's Avatar: Way of Water. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Irreverent Nerds Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at irreverent underscore nerds, plural. We are on Facebook. Our fan page is simply called The Irreverent Nerds. We're on YouTube, The Irreverent Nerd. And if you go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd, you can support us for 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99 a month. You can also send us a voice message which we may include in a future episode. Fellow nerds, until next time, make it so. Engage. Avengers assemble. I'm Batman.